Welcome to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. This week, Doug is joined by longtime friend Alvin Goh. Alvin is an ardent advocate of children's welfare and rights and a successful businessman in Malaysia. After the episode, be sure to visit a word and season podcast.org. You'll learn more about Somebody Cares. You can download our 30 day devotional. Download now and you'll receive Doug Stringer's weekly Monday morning provoke a thought emails. These are challenging and encouraging message and a great way to start your week. Now let's join our host, Doug Stringer. It was great to see you, Alvin. We're 13 hours apart. I'm here in Houston. You're in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Thank you so much for, one, being my friend, but also for taking the time to reiterate some of the things you had observed in some of my books, but in particular on the Father's Generation, which is now in search of a Father's Blessing. Jody, our Vice President of the Ministry, wanted to have me ask you some questions based on an incredible letter that you wrote to us In fact, I'll just read that and kind of set the tone for some discussion that we'll have. It says, Dear Doug, as previously mentioned, and this was written back in April 1 of 2013. Dear Doug, as previously mentioned, I appreciate what you have written on the fatherless generation. As someone who is in a men's group and actively seeking to create a men's forum to be used by churches throughout Malaysia, I dare say that Asian males are struggling with their masculinity definition of manhood, and sins. Of course, there are cultural differences between East and West, but the root of these challenges is the same, genuine struggles with earthly fathers and in turn with their father God. I'm hoping that you will write more on this issue of the fatherless generation, but geared towards men issues. I appreciate the level of honesty in your previous writings, given your own personal struggles, but more so because of your focus on the fatherhood of God. Having read so much on masculinity, biblical visions of the Christian male, and also about 1001 solutions to sins common to men, many of us still feel that something is missing. I dare say with 100% certainty that the answer is in knowing and experiencing the Father. Even Jesus taught us that. If we have seen Jesus, we have seen the Father, indicating that our goal is to know this Father God. Unfortunately, more often than not, discussions do not center on Father God of his fatherhood, but merely touching on his theme as a given. The problem is we Christians often have distorted views of God the Father. The distortions skew how we relate to him, but also ultimately how we live day by day. Oh, how we need practical writings on knowing the Father and how that affects us as men in every aspect from our identity to how we live and breathe. Please, Doug, do write more on this subject. God bless you, Alvin Go from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Although I have written more since then, and of course we've discussed a lot about men's ministry and the importance of the fatherhood of God, we wanted to, on my 40 years of ministry this year, 2021, we were going to share some of the comments by different people, including yourself, as to the importance of the message that I've been sharing and our ministry has been sharing. And what motivated you, Alvin, to use the message of the fatherless generation in your men's ministry and your relationship with Doug that would uh, provocate you to want to do that. Well, thank you, Doug, very much. I'm overwhelmed by this. I'm, I'm literally shaking because I'm speaking to my father. You are a spiritual father to me and to Anna, and we love you dearly. Your impact over our lives uh, is immeasurable, it's priceless, and how you've been in a part of our lives and also in our thinking helped us to shape much of the ministry 
especially my ministry to men uh, in this part of the world. And I'm just delighted to be with you. And I hope that what I'm, uh, I could say could bless other people. You know, at the very heart of this, it's, it starts with the fact that um, I struggle uh, with a sense of, you know, that fatherlessness personally to start with. You know, it all comes back to me first and foremost. I'm responsible for the way I think and I'm responsible for the way I act and I behave. In this part of the world, we don't have as many issues as you have in America because it's a different kind of society. Uh, there's still a little bit of a taboo in the area of uh, divorce, for example, although the divorce rates are high. But at the end of the day, in this part of the world, we still struggle with absent fathers. So, you know, men in particular have ways to manage the situation. Even though the society is a little bit restrictive, they have ways to go about doing things. So we still have scandals. We still have uh, absent fathers who just, you know, bury themselves in work and have very little time for their families, their children. We still have issues of sexuality, you know, uh, as a result of uh, absent fathers or abusive fathers. Mm. We have many of those issues out here. Alcoholism, you know, sometimes drugs, but just anger issues. And, and it's, it's a very big problem for the church. It was, and it is still, uh, it is still a problem for the church. And so when we took it up, we thought, We've got to put this into our thinking. We've got to shape programs around the idea of how to overcome the orphan spirit in us mm. and then how to take our mindset, our spiritual focus back to Papa God. Yes. So who is your daddy and, um, and the hope for a fatherless generation? And then, of course, my favorite, uh, In Search of Father's Blessing. Right? These books transform the way we thought and our thinking in a man's group first and that that spill over to every aspect of our lives quite honestly so we had a group of men who came together who just talked about issues of what it means to be men the issues of sexuality problems at work with marriages it all trade we can see that it, it all those problems trace back to absent fathers in their lives and real issues, abusive fathers or absent fathers. So that's why we actively stole your wonderful uh, writings and implanted them into the men's group and the men's ministry. Then I joined a church called Kingdom City, which I'm still a crazy member of, and I love this church. And they took these whole issues of recovery, dealing with you know fatherlessness, often spirit in tune to God's heart, to the next level. It's almost like this whole area with steroids. And so I, I was so pleased to join. And then we led a huge ministry of over 120 men, right? And where we have uh, 20 facilitators and we work on the recovery, dealing with uh, issues of alcoholism, sexuality, extramarital affairs, uh, you know, homosexuality, and also issues of leadership challenges from every aspect of the church and we dealt with it but at every given time we kind of stole your ideas <laughs> and introduced them into uh non-copyrighted material so we just <laughs> came up with all sorts of materials and just put them in because you know we weren't we weren't doing this you know universe uh for for the rest of the world we could but we're hoping that you would <laughs> so so that's the motivation yes. first and foremost personally and then to the, the home and to all the other men and of course, when better men, better fathers, better sons, we have better daughters, 
with better mothers and better wives. Well, it seems too, Alvin, that because you imbibed the message, the simplicity of the message, really, it really moved and transcended into one of my previous visits. In fact, it was the end of 2019, prior to COVID going global. You also gravitated to my book, Leadership Awakening, and you felt that the connection between uh, In Search of a Father's Blessing or the Father's Generation message with my Leadership Awakening was really uh, hand in hand in the need to deal with the inward identity issues of people so we can excel in leadership every level. You're a successful businessman. You're involved in international business. At the same time, you're one who is truly love your wife. You've really put family as a priority, your, your son. Uh, how old is Christopher now? He is four, but he is uh, heading to five in November. Well, there you go. I mean, it's, time flies, doesn't it? And so here you are compartmentalizing how to be a good husband and father, family, at the same time taking care of the crisis of personal issues and, of course, what's happening in your nation, in the nations of the world, and the global pandemic, trying to operate your businesses and the things that you're doing, and at the same time being committed to your, the church that you're a part of. Of course, Pastor Mark has been a friend as well, and originally from Australia, but it has campuses now all over. And so you've been able to take basic principles and now extrapolate from those. And now, because it's in you, have been able to multiply the message. And that excites me. It really blesses me when you say you stole, you haven't stolen, you've just taken, and it blesses me that you've taken some of those principles and you've applied it in and through your life. And so, man, I'm blessed by that. It's a figure of speech. (laughs) Thank you. But uh, if I may say, the journey starts with uh, the individual. It always starts with the individual to recognize that there is a vacuum that can only be filled by Papa God. He made us in his image. So ultimately, he's my Papa. It goes back to him at the very start of the day and at at the end of the day. And when I deviate from that, then I can tell that something is wrong. So in business, it's the same way. So what I mean is we, uh, we imitate God's fatherhood. We exemplify that fatherhood in our communities, in our churches. In my work, I'm a strategy consultant, uh, first and foremost, and I also invest in other businesses. And uh, very regularly, I have, or routinely, almost daily, I have to work with CEOs and very uh, investors, pretty rich people, and also not so rich folks. And they struggle with the same problem. The problem is because of the vacuum, because of the orphan spirit in them, they do some crazy things. I have seen CEOs, you know, very, very successful Christian CEOs and non-Christian CEOs throwing away everything they have achieved because they, they came to a point where they just couldn't figure out, why am I so lost? Why is there such a vacuum in me? Why am I such a hypocrite? Here I am, you know, showing to the world how successful I am, but deep down, I just, I'm not loved. Mm. And, I, and they come to me confessing to struggles of every kind. So I journey with them. So I sit down and talk to them about themselves first and then address their own internal uh, vacuums, I call it. And of course, I always bring Jesus into the picture, either through prayer or by sharing with them you know, some of the principles from your book and also your leadership book as well. Then I'll take it to the next journey and say, hey, can we work on this in the family? You need to spend more time with your children and your wife. And I always insist that. So when we are having a meeting, if there is a crisis, 
we cancel our meeting and put the, the crisis at home first, you know, and, and deal with that. And then I will try my best to support them through this journey. This season of uh, COVID, folks suddenly call me up and say, hey, uh, my, my uncle or my, my, my wife or my father, or I, I am in the hospital, can we, you know, ditch this really um, important meeting so that I can work on that? And I say, absolutely. And I will try and give practical help to them. And then once they work on their family and they also change their lifestyles okay, and they're healthier, then they can work on the organization. And invariably, folks will start recognizing they're better people and they're more like fathers because they are fathers to their organizations. So I also work with politicians and I'm you know, congressmen uh, in other countries. I, I mentor some of them. I, I coach some of them. I help them to figure out strategy for the next generation. And the same principles apply. And so I, I will always remind them that you are a father of a nation or a mother of a nation. And your responsibility first and foremost is to yourself, right? You've got to get that right. And then once you get that right, you take it to the next level. If you are not okay in here and up there, then you will struggle in every aspect of your walk or your work. And that's where the principles from your book, especially um, the, you know, in search of a father's blessing and how that brings in. And then the spirit of adoption. As you're sharing, because this is great how you've imbibed these principles and how have you taken some of these principles and seen them act, like you've, you've been sharing some of this and activate in your small groups and now in a larger scale, but I like the way you transitioned to where it actually is principles that can work in nations. And whole communities. Well, some of the best help, self-help books really stole from the Bible. <laughs> so, you know, God is the originator of all great things and good things. So it's not a surprise. So, you know, folks understand and appreciate these principles and these themes doubt in your books, but also in the things that you've said, you know, to come back to the spirit of adoption, it's when, when there is a vacuum, you need to have that vacuum filled. So many of them struggle because either because their, their fathers are not here anymore, right? And, or because they are terrible fathers. Although they are not defined by their past sins, but they, they, they do define themselves based on their past sins. So to me, it's so important for them to understand that they are loved. And that's when, you know, the spirit adoption that you mentioned in your book is the best because we're saying to people, you're not alone. You know, your fathers, if you don't know Jesus, well, I want to introduce Jesus to you. I would love for, me, uh, for you to meet my, my friend and my father uh, because Jesus is the everlasting father. So we take it to that next level with them. But some of them, you know, in some of the societies I operate in, that may not be possible. So I'll be a father to them. No, I literally, you know, be a father to them. I say, you know what? Can I just say, because I'm a father, I want to pronounce a blessing over your life, over your work, over your business. Can I just pray? And I want to pronounce that blessing. So I pronounce the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord makes his face shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And they get that. And the power and the impact of having that blessing move them to tears, many of them, because they know deep down that they're not alone anymore. So, so it's helping them to be in touch and in tune with our maker, and they get it. Everyone gets it. You brought up a few times about significance for you 
in the mm. spirit of adoption that I talk about in the book, and also the affirmation, approval, and acceptance. We're all looking for the Father's blessing. We're all looking for affirmation, approval, and acceptance. But we get that when we understand the revelation that we have been sealed by the spirit of adoption. But what I like is how you've applied the principle of speaking into people's lives by speaking to their destiny and blessing them, that they sense that affirmation. So with that in your small groups and now gone way beyond that, have you found some of the principles in, in search of a father's blessing or who's your daddy now and some of these others in my Leadership Awakening book, have you been able to see some of those principles expanded out from your small groups into larger scale opportunities to see and actually see the results? Is there any specific testimonies of individuals or or how you've applied some of the principles? So if we work on the small group level, I've seen folks confess to extramarital affairs, right? And they've confessed uh, to, to their spouses and they've gone to heal things with their children, especially if they're abusive or have been sexually abusing their children. So this is as raw as you know, this goes. You know. And we've also helped men who have been at the receiving end of terrible fathers, We've treated them you know, with great injury and uh, I would say terrible things uh, done to, to the children, men and women. So I've seen the recovery. I've seen how they are able to take the, the revelation that they have a father and the, the father in heaven cares for them. Right? So to take that, firstly, uh, that revelation so that they can be healed themselves and forgive their, fa- uh, their, their fathers and be active members in the church. I've seen that happen. And sometimes it's dramatic revelation. The supernatural power of God is incredible. Like, for example, there was one, if I may share, I won't, uh, you know, say it was, like I was praying for uh, an elderly gentleman. You know, he had many issues with anger and resentment, complaints, such negativity in that person. So I just prayed for him. He's like, just can I pray for you? And I, when I prayed and I just saw, uh, a child running scared when a car came in, uh, drove into the driveway. This child ran and hit underneath uh, the, the stairs. So I, I described to him the, the, the scene, the picture that I saw. And he just collapsed on the ground and sobbed his eyeballs out. And I said, was that your father? He said, yes. And then he used to come home drunk you know, um, and beat me. And, uh, and I would run scared. You know, and uh, I described the whole home and said, that's my home. See, when we are literally bringing the, the, the father heart of God, you know, the, the father into the entire conversation, his spirit is with us. There will be, there's always revelation, you know, uh, and, and another one was just out of this world. That someone was terribly raped throughout his entire life, a, a boy and a man. And uh, so we were able to see into his past and literally step by step help him to come through that recovery. Because if he doesn't have that healing, he's not going to be able to connect with his father in heaven. And if he can't connect with the father in heaven, that's always going to be the gaping hole in his life. And the toxic behavior that, that emanates out of that is a consequence of that gaping hole. And he will have to try and fill that hole with whatever success, you know, and I know that. So, so just at that very level, you know, second one is the lifestyle changes in a lot of men. 
So like myself, for example, and I had a chance to go back to some very high-powered jobs. I was headhunted, and I decided no, because my beautiful son joined us. And I wanted to spend more time with him. So and I asked God, hey, uh, God, would you just do me a kind favor? Help me uh, work this out so that I could do business, I can help other folks, and yet be at home with my son a lot more. So God answered all those uh, uh, requests of mine. And I see that in a lot of men who have decided to scale down, make better decisions. Now, in, when they do that, not only do they find healing at home, but their businesses grow. It's the opposite. They don't actually lose their business. They actually grow. Being fanatically you know, glued to your, your, the table from 8 o'clock in the morning to 12 o'clock at night, that used to be my life in my mm. previous job. I was at, in, at work at 8. I left office at 11 or 12 o'clock for most of my days. You know? So I gave all that up. Because now I could, you know, uh, do what's right. And so God rewards those who puts him first, but also put the family, uh, you know, our, our wives, our children at the heart of our thinking. And then he will bless us and our role in church, of course, but, uh, not least. From when you wrote that beautiful email letter to us back in April of 2013, it's been uh, over eight years now. And obviously, that ministry that God had put in your heart has far exceeded a men's group, because originally it was a part of taking and sharing with your men's group. But now it's expanded, and you're ministering to not just a lot more men, uh, you're also impacting families because of the ministry to men. But that's the principle of multiplication. I learned in Genesis, be fruitful and multiply. Right. So when we lead someone to faith, we become a spiritual father. So you can't be a father when you when you multiply, you have to be a father. So that's the principle. And so, you know, and the multiplication process just continues. And then when we are in a particular area where God, uh, we have been fruitful, then God rewards that fruitfulness and takes it to the next level and takes it to the next level. And that continues. Mm -hmm. Now, how we can and encapsulate or capture the essence of what the power of your book and take it to the next program and train it to the next generation of folks. As your mama said, doggy, <laughs> please write the book. Yeah. You know, so I, I, that's, that's why I think, you know, we should build new uh, materials and, uh, you know, using social media. And because that is the most dangerous place on this earth, it's not Afghanistan. It's not, any other country is just the internet, you know, and social media. So we need to reclaim that ground. And Pastor Mark always tells us that, you know, we need to reclaim the internet space so we can have so many nice programs given free, you know, even free online to folks so that they can benefit from this and see the truth in some of my favorite books. <laughs> there you I go. Love them. When I was there back in 2019, December 2019, we had met with some publishers there that also had read my books. And, and we've been talking about, of course, we didn't know COVID was going to happen, but we'll have to revisit that again. But uh, even coming and taking the principles of Leadership Awakening and helping uh, individuals to take those biblical principles and apply them to every area of their life. And so we'll have to revisit that sometime when this 
pandemic moves and, and ceases and we see some breakthroughs, but I'm looking forward to that time when we get together again. Well, Doug, congratulations for everything that you have done and the way you have loved this world. One of the most defining moments in our relationship was you, when you told me the story of Hurricane Katrina, how you were able to mobilize churches to provide hope to those down in New Orleans and move them up to Kansas in homes, give them shelter, give them beds. I thought that was just out of this world. And how you risk your life going to Japan after the tsunami and the nuclear fallout and the, the sacrifices that you've made. That's what being a transformer of our nation, that's what being a man of God is. And I want to salute you and thank you for what you've done to our world and what you've done for everyone struggling, needing hope, needing a father's love. And you have showed and exemplified father's love to them. I want to celebrate that. And I also want to say that because of you, I have given up many of my own dreams and visions to pursue at the very heart of what I do, how I can create wealth and give it back to communities so that children can go to school in Cambodia, so that parents, women can find jobs without selling their bodies on some of Phnom Penh's worst uh, uh, sex districts so that they could, and with their children playing alongside them whilst they, they sold their bodies. Because of what you have put in my life, I'm able to make those courageous decisions because I've seen it in you. I've seen it in Lisa's life. And, and you mirror to me what sacrifice, what love is. And I want to thank you because as a result of you, I'm taking what you've shared and what you put in my life as a mentor, as a spiritual father to the next level. Um, thank you for being a friend. I love you dearly. I love Lisa dearly. And I cannot wait to come out to Houston, Texas and spend time with you. But I want just to say this, there will be more years ahead of you. And I'm praying that God will give you further increase, especially your organization, Somebody Cares International, and take it to the next level. Pray that God will open even more doors in nations, blessing people, loving them, and making huge sacrifices and risky decisions to bless them in times of need and great trouble. I love you and have a wonderful 40th anniversary celebration. Amen. Can I just say that, you know, you told me this story about how you went to uh, you know, travel around and, and did things and you stayed focused and your heart was uh, in the right place. And for all those years that you came and you visited us and you shared with me those stories of going to places not recognized. Uh, and, and sometimes we say, what is this Japanese American guy doing in my place? You know, you took risks and God has rewarded you. And I just pray that you take even more risks going forward and that you are able to mobilize a whole generation so that they can take risks with you as well. And so I'm one of those individuals who've been blessed by you. And I cannot wait to be able to get back to Cambodia and do things there because of the pandemic. I can't. But your impact reverberates. 
it's it's you know it's gone to places it blesses me to hear what you're doing in cambodia and taking the principles of the kingdom and what you're doing even at your church in, in kuala lumpur and because of relationships the kingdom of god grows and because of relationships with god and with one another we become part of something bigger than ourselves you keep doing what you're doing and i'm blessed and i know that it blesses us each other when we recognize that we're still staying in the lane that God's given us and serving where in whatever stewardship God has entrusted us to. Can I just uh, share with you that my mom is now gone into immunotherapy. She's come off a chemo, but she's more than 95% cancer free. Praise God for that. And please thank Lisa and Abdata. So God is really, really good. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. And it was a very difficult time and you know, found out that she had four stage cancer. Yeah, so that was touch and go. But because of your own journey and Lisa's uh, crazy book, which we scribble, <laughs> and we bought many of them, by the way, we bought many copies. And I said to my mom and I say, if you have any of your cancer folks in the hospital, because you go in for the drip, you know, the immunotherapy, so you can give a book to people. So, so I bought quite a co- few copies from Canaan Land. So she gives up to people, you know, so. Please tell your mom that we still continue to pray for her. We thank God for her. And Father, I thank you for Alvin and thank you for Anna and Christopher. We thank you for the friendships that you've established. Father, bless them. Father, I pray for an outpouring of your presence in a fresh way, even this week for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Head over now to a awordinseasonpodcast.org and let us know how we're doing by taking a quick survey. If you need prayer today, reach out to prayer at somebodycares.org or you can call or text our 24-hour Somebody Cares America prayer line, 855-459-CARE. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805 422 7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.